Well, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Q on Q. Whether you've tuned into a previous episode and are a returned listener, or whether you're listening for the first time, welcome. I'm glad you're here. For this week's episode, there is a note guide available for you. I encourage you to download it and follow it along and fill it in as we go. It's available now for you at our website, qonq.com. Well, today's episode is the first in a short series on the topic of guardrails, and I'm not referring to them in a literal sense, though it will help us with our discussion. I'm referring to guardrails in life. Guardrails are an incredibly important topic, but it's one that's a little complex and can get very deep-rooted. A guardrail is defined as a protective railing along a path, road, or stairway, or a safety barrier used to keep you from harm's way. And most of us take guardrails for granted, or really don't even notice them when they're there. But guardrails are important barriers between us and certain danger. They're set up just on the edge of the areas we drive in, but are a warning not to go any further. If we stray from the path, They do help us minimize damage by keeping us in a zone of safety. They cause a little bit of trouble before we get in a lot of trouble. And even though it takes up some space, nobody argues that it's okay for a guardrail to take up some of that safe space because of how much they can benefit us. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. The highway isn't the only place where we need guardrails. Most people, if we're being honest with ourselves, would admit that the biggest trouble we've been in could probably have been avoided or minimized if we had guardrails or boundaries in our lives. It's the old one thing leads to another idea. For some of us, guardrails are good habits. For others, they're trustworthy friends or spiritual leaders. For others, they're scriptures that we refer to. And for many of us, they're the inward nudging of the Holy Spirit. Every day it seems like there are more and more things in life to pull us off track. Things and experiences and people and situations that take us off course and stop us from achieving our objectives and goals. And the temptation to follow or participate in those experiences is very real. Often some of our greatest regrets in life may have been different if we had guardrails in place. And with guardrails, some of those future regrets can be avoided. Guardrails are never placed in the area of danger because they're designed to keep us out of the danger zone. They're meant to stop us before we get there. Think about this the next time before you drive past a steep hillside. The guardrail isn't just on the edge of the road and then there's lots of flat space before the hillside. No, the guardrail is along the hillside to keep us from danger. But there's also that line at the edge of the road. You know, the line we're not supposed to cross, but we can if we choose to. To be bluntly honest, today's culture doesn't really like or encourage guardrails. Culture seems to be content and comfortable with no guidelines, no rules, maybe some warnings, but no firm boundary. More like being satisfied with that painted line on the edge of the road instead of the metal barrier. The painted lines are there to warn us. But we can choose to cross over if you want to, or if it feels right, or if it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal, just that one time. But at the same time, culture mocks and shames us when we end up in a ditch, whether it's financially or in our marriage or in our job or something else. We're encouraged to push the limits, cross the line, which leads us right to that perilous edge and then plays the game of I told you so when you get into disaster. 
Well, if you opt to have personal guardrails in your life, you may not always be celebrated, but you will have fewer regrets. The focus of a lot of what we'll talk about in this series is based on Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read part of that to you today to kick off this series. In this chapter, Paul just finished telling Christians in Ephesus things they should stay away from, behaviors they should be careful of, and things they should focus on in their lives. I'm going to hit a few of the verses here, and I'll start with the verses 1 and 2, and I am reading this out of the Amplified Version. Therefore, become imitators of God, copy him and follow his example, as well-beloved children, imitate their father, and walk continually in love, that is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. And jumping down to verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. So do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native-born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to Him. Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. And wrapping up with verses 15 through 17. Therefore seek that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Paul was giving recommendations for making wise decisions. and Wisdom is defined as the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment or the soundness of an action or decision with regard to those things. Wisdom serves as a decision-making template. We're all called to walk wisely. And in everyday decision-making, it's much more than just a matter of right or wrong. That tends to be how we all look at things. Is it something right or is it something wrong? Well, wisdom is better than right or wrong. What is the wise thing to do instead of what is right or wrong? In light of my past experiences, my current situation and circumstances, my hopes and dreams for the future, and the way God has called me to live, what is the wise thing for me to do? We live in a culture where it's not enough to just pay attention to what we're doing, but we have to pay attention to what other people are doing also. Culture is okay with the painted lines that allow us to cross over when we feel like it, instead of boundaries to keep us on the path. And though Paul wrote this text so many years ago, it sure fits today. 
And I'm not necessarily talking about making a huge list of do's and don'ts and have and have nots. What I'm talking about is the things that give us boundaries in our lives so we can stay on the path God has called us to be on, even when we feel like we want to stray in a direction that is contrary to what God has called us to, or when culture pulls us in a direction that we don't want to go, at least not deep down. But there's nothing there to really stop us from going. Guardrails safeguard us. And in verse 18, Paul begins to give specific examples of things to avoid and things we should do. But there's a very important point we need to draw from this part of the scripture, and it's this. One thing leads to another. When he uses the example of not getting drunk on wine, he's giving instruction not to do something because it could lead to something else. One drink could lead to many drinks. One bad thought can lead to many bad thoughts. One simple, seemingly innocent text message can lead to many texts that can lead to a personal contact that was never your intent in the first place. And if you're saying, well, I'm not worried because I have the self-control to limit myself, think about this. And I'm going to take you down a hard road here. What about that person that says, I'll be able to stop at one drink, and then after several drinks, gets in their car and kills another person with their vehicle? Or what if you're the faithful spouse who agrees to meet up with an old friend and say, it's just dinner, nothing else, and then it turns into something much bigger, something more long-term? Or rather, look at it this way. You're all alone and you keep thinking to yourself about how bad everything is, and those single bad thoughts compound and become major bad thoughts, which lead to depression, perhaps even addiction, or hurting yourself, or hurting someone else, or something worse. It becomes real when something happens. We think we can stop until something happens that is bad or involves regret. And suddenly what was just something fun to do or a pastime or what we thought was a single isolated thought or event becomes a pathway that has the potential to wreck and ruin us. And that's where guardrails come into the picture. Guardrails don't just protect us. They protect everyone we come in contact with. When we have guardrails in our lives, we don't give control over to anything or anyone. We're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not a person of faith, or even if you are, you may be saying right now, yeah, that is easier said than done. We all know life has its ups and downs, hills and valleys, and successes and failures, but relying on the Holy Spirit is actually pretty easy to do. Having the Holy Spirit in us takes us to a whole new level. And instead of having to fight our battles on our own, we're called to allow the Holy Spirit to take up residence and do a work in us. The Holy Spirit taps on our conscience and our experience leads us to make wise decisions, make smart plans, and be obedient to God's will. Those are guardrails. No, I didn't say it was easy to live life said it was easy to tap into the Holy Spirit. We've all experienced it. We're all about to say something that really crosses the line, and a little voice says something that stops us or makes us change our mind or what we're going to say. We're about to send a message we know we shouldn't send, and we pause. We're about to take a turn to somewhere we shouldn't go, and we don't. We don't plan to do things that take us off the path any more than we plan to wreck our car. We just have to plan not to. And that is the role of guardrails in our lives. The equivalent of almost like defensive living, if you want to equate it to driving. We all say the same thing. I'll be careful. 
I know better, I'll be fine. But we still allow ourselves to be exposed to that hillside that could derail us or take us into a ditch from how we've been called to live. Guardrails direct us by causing us to step away, turn away, pause, or leave what has the potential to take us off the path. Guardrails are there to keep you from getting to a place of sin. They're intentional boundaries you make that will keep you focused on the right path. They're deeply and intricately connected to your conscience so that when you break them, you feel it. In John 14, Jesus tells us about how God the Father will send the Holy Spirit to be our guide and our helper, to live inside of us to be our ever-present help. Jesus says this in verses 15 through 17, and this is the English Standard Version. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So, how do you set guardrails in your life, and what do they look like? Well, for me, My biggest guardrail is calling on the Holy Spirit to guide and lead me when I need it the most. God sent us the Holy Spirit to be that building guide for us. If you aren't familiar or comfortable with this concept, what I just said may be um, something causing you to ask yourself, okay, so how does that work? But we're promised that when we call on the Holy Spirit in all times, not just bad times, but in good times, to be our guide and our ever-present help, that we will receive heavenly wisdom and guidance in all situations and all decisions. We're just about to take that drink that we know we shouldn't, and something stops us. We're thinking about something or someone that we shouldn't be, and then something reminds us about something good. That is the Holy Spirit working in you. It's a power that can do a mighty work in us. And yes, we do still have free will. But trust me when I say that you will find, even if you're new in faith, that it's much easier to discern God's will for you with guardrails than without. Because stepping away from what can harm you is taking a step towards the one who loves you and who gave his all for you. I hope that through this series, we can discuss not just about how to be better people, but how to be more of a surrendered people who put down our own desires for the will of our Father in heaven and what he has for us. And I also think guardrails come in the forms of habit, planning, people, leaders in our lives, but we have several more episodes to talk about that. We'll talk more about those in the future. And where we get started with establishing and identifying guardrails. Those will come in future episodes. But I want to leave you today with this simple prayer, and I encourage you to say it with me today. Lord, it is because of your wise and loving character that we learn about ways we are weak and how we can be strong. Help us to dig more into your word so that we can stay in pace with you and your plan for our lives that we observe the yellow lights of caution, and that we learn how to establish and identify guardrails so we can stop at or before the red lights of danger. We pray that sin will not dominate our lives or lead us astray and ask for your guidance that leads to blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Well, thank you for spending time with me today. Next time, I'll dig into part two on guardrails, where we're going to talk about identifying and establishing tangible guardrails in your life and what that looks like. I really do appreciate you taking time to tune in. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.